I feel like Americans, whether you're Christian or not, we are on a completely different track now than our founding fathers. And really, most of all of American history, it's like, oh, a pandemic. It scares me to death. Oh, the government is pushing a vaccine. Oh, I must take it. And it's all driven out of fear. And we are giving up freedoms left and right. Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we are here to warn the nation from a biblical perspective about what's going on, and then respond in faith. We want to be on a better track, and we want to help others get on a better path. And so here we are once again uh, with Dave Brody uh, calling in from the Middle East. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Good to be here. And I want to highlight that uh, we're uh, building off of our last podcast a bit. This one is called uh, Marxism Flourishing in America. And so we're going to uh, build off that. But, but Dave, you've always been very astute to, uh, to what's going on in America, even as a missionary overseas. You keep up to speed on, on various things and so forth. And um, just help remind us— uh, uh, since our last podcast, we might have uh, uh, forgotten a few of the things, but why are we talking about this? Are we just like wandering into the political realm here, or what's going on? Well, really, uh, when you get into Marxism, it's it's anti-God, and that goes back to various quotes from Marx himself and, uh, and other uh, socialists, and it goes against biblical values, biblical values of he who does not work must not eat, and big, biblical values of freedom, and so on. Right, Paul said that, if you do not work, you will not eat. And there's things connected to Marxism, of course, but, you know, I uh, I also think of, like, uh, what you brought up last time, First Samuel 8 talks about when you have your king, and in this case, we're looking at Marxism, which expands government, it's like a, a more and more a totalitarianism that comes over us. Um, they're there, they take from us, that's the, <laughs> from the people, and uh, ultimately you end up in slavery. And, uh, you know, it's not that we're wandering into the political realm. It's that these things are wandering into our lives with all kinds of effects on Christianity. I mean, if you really follow Marxism, again, with the two expressions that we talked about before, socialism being one expression, communism being another expression of of Marxism, um, but either way— they will eventually want to shut down the gospel. Of course, they've already removed the Bible from our public schools. That happened a long time ago. But the point being is that this is very much a spiritual agenda because of their anti-God focus in all, all of Marxism. Yeah, if, if you look at uh, places where socialism fully blossomed into communism, uh, communist China, the Soviet Union, North Korea, Cuba, how have the Christians fared in those places? They've always been, and other religions too, have been persecuted to the hilt. Right, so they're trying to um, sanitize culture of religion. Now, they don't say that at first, but that is where it ends up. And 
I do want to just summarize from our previous podcast that I do see a connection here to Jesus' return. I see a connection in Daniel chapter 7 with the fourth beast that will encompass the entire globe, and uh, Daniel called it the terrifying beast, and that same beast shows up in Revelation 13, uh, in the the first half of that chapter. And it's interesting how you're going to kind of get a conglomerate conglomeration of previous empires in terms of the worst of the worst, they're gonna, it's going to c- come together, and it's going to be expressed in this fourth beast, and probably things that weren't even in those previous empires, but we're going to get the worst of the worst out of those, add to it even more evil, and that's what we have, which ushers in uh, the Antichrist. And then, of course, what we're all waiting for is Jesus' return. Um, so very... Uh, interesting, compelling on a lot of levels to talk about this. I just want to touch on something we didn't get to um, in our previous Insights uh, podcast, and that is um, what's happening to believers, and really the whole world, non-Christians too, but what's happening um, when the fourth beast fully comes forth? And I believe that Marxism is a part of this. It's not the totality of the fourth beast, There's going to be all kinds of stuff that come together in a bad way, but it's part of it, and I believe we're seeing it um, come forth even now to some degree. But in Daniel chapter 7, it uh, it talks about the fourth beast, and and three times Daniel says it's different than all the others, and I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing something different than the various empires in ancient history. Uh, Daniel hadn't seen it before, and I think it is part of this is the Marxism, part of it is the globalism, and part of it is going to be the absolute totalitarianism that eventually comes forth. And, and Daniel says that this beast is exceedingly dreadful with its teeth and iron, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze and which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder of people with its feet. And so that's coming from verse 19, but I want to skip just over to verse 21. Daniel says, I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and prevailing against them. Very interesting. Regardless of when you believe the rapture happens, and so essentially believers have have, um, left the... uh, the situation that's really specifically explained throughout the book of Revelation. But wherever you believe that happens, at least here, the saints are still there uh, when the fourth beast comes forth. And the, and the beast is actually prevailing against them. Recently, I heard somebody say, this is not going to get it any easier, even as challenging as things have been um, in, in America over, over the last uh, a couple years with COVID and Um, politics, and on and on, and just various facets of our nation, it's not going to get any easier. And that's what we see here when the fourth beast fully comes forth. And um, and so there's a war against the saints. The saints are still on the earth, at least at this point. And it goes on to say in verse 23 that this beast devours the whole earth and tramples it down and crushes it. And then skipping ahead to verse 25, that uh, that it wore down the saints of the highest one. Now, now God steps in. Obviously, this is Jesus' second coming. God steps in, and he gives the kingdom to the saints, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait, but I think we need to understand that this isn't just a podcast about Marxism and it's ruining its ugly head, even here in America, in a few ways. This is serious stuff as we get prepared, get uh, 
um, prepared and even dialed into Jesus' second coming. Yes. Now, I encourage everybody to go back to that last podcast and really look at what we talked about there throughout the entire thing, um, because we really spell this out in terms of what's going on, that Marxism is not like the book of Acts when you have communities of people living together. Acts is the—God is central, obviously. He created everything going on in the Church, in the book of Acts, the launch of the Church, all this stuff, and Marxism is trying to do things, but it's completely void of God, and even as we've said, anti-God, and we've got to understand this at, at, that, at that basic principle level with, because of all of the implications. Now, in the last podcast, we talked about how there's things going on in America that, that shows that Marxism is here. We need to be aware of that as the Church. This is very anti-Christ. And so we want to be aware, discerning. We want to know how to respond in faith. We touched a bit at the end of that podcast on how to respond in faith, which we'll be doing more today. But we really covered is some areas like the breakup of the nuclear family. Actually, even if Marxists didn't create that, they sure can capitalize on it because they want everybody to look to government as their savior, government as the answers, government give me more stuff. All of that stuff is only possible once you destroy the nuclear family and people are no longer looking to mom and dad in a a healthy family context, which, of course, the family's been under attack for decades. But now you turn and you do look to the government, and we're way down the road on that one. And so it's an environment, again, even if Marxists didn't create it, they can sure flourish in the atmosphere that is now now here. We also talked about uh, critical race theory and what's going on with Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff. They use a lot of Marxist language, the oppressed versus the oppressor, critical race theory is a Marxist ideology, in my opinion. Uh, It does not bring unity. And it brings division, and that's what Marxists want. They don't care who hates who. They just want everybody to hate everybody. And through the chaos, then they can uh, grow the government, and they can um, and bring in the people into subjection. And I think it's going to be shocking if this continues on this trajectory in America. I think this is going to be shocking that every skin color will be enslaved. And it will actually, though, have been partially brought in through the Black Lives Matter Marxist movement um, and other things that create great division, like critical race theory, but many other topics as well. But then, Dave, we also talked about um, the just exploding national debt. We touched on the Cloward-Piven strategy. We, we looked at various things that are just like, wow, the, the great shaking could be financial that comes to America in light of our exploding debt. And that's actually what a Marxist wants, because then they can create their, quote-unquote, utopia out of the ashes. And we're, again, uh, on the people, we, are in a totalitarian situation. Now, just one thing we did not get to uh, uh, last time is that um, this is h- highlighted by Dr. Martin Weiss, and he has something called WeissRatings.com. That's where you can find him. But I want to put on the screen, uh, the uh, he just shows the largest deficit of all time. He shows the Fed's monetary madness um, in 2008 um, compared to 2020, and now on into 2021. He also shows that U.S. inflation is at a 13-year high. And so... There's just stuff here I want to put on the screen, but that that might not be something Marxists created. I guess you could argue that either way. But whether—it doesn't matter. What's going on here is this is happening. Our debt is exploding, and there's all of these implications, and that could cause a financial collapse, which would cause Marxism to flourish. Because, again— 
people aren't getting a paycheck, they've lost their job, there's chaos in our country, the government steps in and says, hey, I'm your savior, and, and now we've replaced God even further, I'm your savior, and here's uh, what we're going to do, which is totalitarianism, which is always at, with Marxism, and uh, in both expressions, socialism and communism, um, both are absolutely evil, and we need to be aware of this in the church. So, Dave... Is there any other ways <laughs> that we can talk about today that uh, well, the, uh, environment is, the, the environment is such that Marxism can grow or even flourish? Well, then we have the current uh, COVID crisis. And uh, you know, it seems like the elite have this philosophy, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And whenever you have a crisis... You have the taking away of freedoms. And of course, we've had, we, we see, we never thought that we'd be, we Americans would be restricted on where we can travel and what places we can go to and what we, what, what, even what we can put into our own bodies. But yet we're seeing these things happen. And this isn't the first time, you know, after 9 11, you know, what we see, the Department of Homeland Security, you know, and and they're growing in influence. You know, now if you want to uh, say adopt a child, or if you want to immigrate, or if you want to, oh, the Department of Homeland Security needs to check things out. So, and the Patriot Act came out 9/11. You know, all the surveillance. So, whenever you have a crisis, the the government tends to take away a lot of freedom. Then the crisis dies out, and they give back some of the freedom. Hmm. But in the end, it, it it's a slow march towards totalitarianism. And I think this is just another step in, and, and we'll see crises after this and the same thing will happen. So obviously a huge thing that's been with us now, uh, most of 2021 is we've really seen um, a different kind of tone coming um, from our government. And, and I'm of course, including President Biden, but many other voices within our government related to uh, just a relentless mantra of you must get the vaccine, you must do your part. Now, there's a couple things I want to highlight here. One is that uh, if if the president, as he has, has said that any company of 100 employees or more must mandate the vaccine. Now, we'll see here soon if it's legally possible for the government to to, to implement such a such a dr draconian approach, but the the deal is is that um, President Biden, the way he's talking about this, we really have a misnomer. I, I have mentioned this briefly before, but it's really not a vaccine mandate or vaccine requirement. What it is is, is it's vaccine coercion because you will lose your job unless you get vaccinated. You can also go into sort of that tweener area where they're trying to give you an out, but I think it'll eventually be taken away, which once a week you can get tested and make sure you don't have COVID and then then you're allowed to still work. I believe that will be taken away and that that it's, uh, this is really coercion. If you lose your job because you won't take a vaccine, uh, it's, it's your rights being completely taken away. And it's scary, I think, that our government could do it. The other thing I want to say, it's very much a Marxist approach when you start talking about do your part. It's not about you as an individual. And, and Karl Marx gets into this in uh, his um, uh, Marxist Manifesto. I, I'm sorry, the Communist Manifesto, written by Karl Marx. But anyway, he, uh, he really gets into this idea of, you see it in many 
many of his teachings that the individual doesn't matter, but what matters is the whole community. That's why we get communism or collectivism, the idea of all of us together. Now, what the problem with that is, is that in this scenario, it's the government that's dictating what the community can and can't do, and we've completely lost our rights. Now, what I'm very concerned about with COVID is that it's all this is coming at us under the pretense of fear. And there's really, for most people, it's still a 99.7 recovery rate. It, and it's been that way from the beginning. We're, we're, have, we're getting kind of uh, into this coercive situation through fear, which for most people, um, this should not be a situation of fear. But, but secondly, along, along with that, is something that Benjamin Franklin said, and I believe it is as true as the day is long, that anyone who gives up a little bit of their freedom for some security deserves neither and will lose both. Now, let that sink in for just a moment. Anyone who gives up a little bit of their freedom to have a more secure life, they deserve neither and they will lose both. And I feel like Americans, whether you're Christian or not, we are on a completely different track now than our founding fathers, and really most of all of American history. It's like, oh, a pandemic. It scares me to death. Oh, the government is pushing a vaccine. Oh, I must take it. And it's all driven out of fear, and we are giving up freedoms left and right. Yeah, I think in a sense, uh, we Americans can be soft because we expect perfect lives with manicured lawns. And so if this little dangerous disease is coming, we'll do anything to to stop it, even giving up our freedoms. Yeah, so, okay, so let's let's just talk about this a little bit further. Then we got more I think we need to talk about. But, um, you know, I wanted to read what what the globalists and the Marxists are up to. So I read The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, the the founder of the World Economic Forum. and just in summary of the whole book, this guy's really excited about globalism. And this guy's really excited, too, about how we will never go back to, uh, to normal. Like, I can see it now that it's part of this overall agenda that you don't go back to normal. You have to uh, stay social distance. Well, why is that? have Marxist underpinnings? Well, most people eventually are going to figure this out, and they're going to want to get organized. But... As Klaus Schwab just seems thrilled about, he specifically identifies Americans. A third of the people never have to go back to an office situation. So now you're really isolated because you don't even get to know your coworkers and you're staying in your house most of the time. There's all these subtle things going on that actually play to those that would want to bring in a, a totalitarianism. And, and again, not only Marxism, although that's a key part of it, but uh, the fourth beast of Daniel 7. Yeah, and now they're saying, well, you know, when this pandemic ends or, or dies down, which it seems to be at the moment, though we don't know what's going to happen, this, then it'll be become an endemic, an ongoing thing where we still have to be vigilant and we still have to. So in other words, they want to keep uh, various regulations in place. And I think part of that, again, is keeping social distancing in place. It's not just for workers that will stay home indefinitely and be separated from from others that they would normally interact with. But it's also that uh, even at the workplace, he talks about, we'll continue to keep up six feet between all human beings, or who knows, maybe they'll want to increase it to 15 feet or 
30 feet, whatever. But it's, it's like this division where we're no longer going to be in community in a healthy way, as the Bible would describe it. And again, that's part of, uh, I believe, bringing in that fourth beast. Oh, and I, I think we can see uh, the fourth beast coming and, and in, in connection to the end times. Uh, for another aspect of COVID, it was uh, don't touch that dirty money. It might have germs, so you got to go cashless. And I was in Chile at the time, and uh, you know, I went to one restaurant one day. No, we won't take, we won't take cash. You know, only only cashless. So that's increasing. Then I would go into a supermarket, and at the entrance of the supermarket, they're taking you know people's temperatures, and they say to me, hand or forehead. <laughs> I go, oh my mm. goodness, you know, we are getting closer than we may realize. Right. So Dave, just to back up the slight bit, like you're using biblical backing on each of these phrases, forehead or hand, that's where the mark of the beast is put, you know? So here we are again in Revelation 13. And um, and then right. you're also talking about a cashless society, which it sure sure seems it will go that way. Because... That would go towards the mark, but also it's, it's government control. The government loves, the state loves uh, cashlessness because they can track you, they can monitor you, they can tax you. Whereas when just paper money is going around, they can't watch you as closely. Right. They know everything about you, every transaction. And the, the latest uh, uh, bill to, for the $3.5 trillion budget for this upcoming yeah. fiscal year, they, they have in there, I don't know if it's going to stay in there uh, until it gets passed, but it could uh, at every transaction. Was it $600 or $650? Yeah. Anyway. 600. Yeah, $600 that the government will the bank has to report to the government what that transaction was for. I mean, we're talking about Big Brother at a level that is mind-boggling. Even people were warning about Big Brother uh, several decades ago, um, the, but this wasn't even on their radar. This is like just mind-boggling, the micromanagement of every person in America. And again, with the fourth beast, every person eventually on, on the planet. But we're seeing it here in America, and it's what— is what Marxists need. In other words, that kind of totalitarian government, it's what they need to do. They, they, they want to keep uh, their uh, all-watching eye on each of us, and this is just so, so disturbing. So if you have a Marxist vision, and, and maybe I should stop right there because um, we didn't pin this down on this podcast, but it's communism and socialism, but often this word socialism is getting lost in today's vernacular and in political debates and so forth, we need to understand socialism is Marxism. And it might be uh, Marxism that uh, it's not with a gun, so to speak, in terms of that harsh revolution that Marx wrote about, but it's nevertheless a socialism where the government controls everything eventually. And like you said before, it can lead into—socialism often starts there and it leads into to full-blown communism. So with that said, um, let's, let's go on here in terms of if you're a Marxist, you have all kinds of things in the environment or atmosphere that can really help your ideology grow and really, in this case, infiltrate America at an entirely different level. So you've, you've got the breakup of the family. You've got things um, that are Marxist in nature, like like critical race theory and, and some of the approaches to racism and all that kind of stuff. Then you, you've got the exploding debt. You've also got the whole situation that just happened with COVID and all this kind of stuff. But whoa, 
good news for you, you'll probably be amazed that you also have censorship growing so you won't have to fight other dissenting voices. Everybody else gets removed, whether it's social media or uh, even politically. And I've been amazed at how, how the media does not report on what other voices are saying. But if you line up with the narrative, you've got all day on the airwaves. Yeah, we're certainly seeing censorship in social media, and I, I think I'm on social media more than you are. <laughs> uh, to your credit, uh, you're not spending time on Facebook. You're probably saving a lot of time. But uh, you know, when I, I remember a couple of years ago or so, or at the beginning of the COVID thing, I would have a post, and they put a little note on there saying, "Well, we're not so sure this is true," and and then uh, and then I was um, eventually I was put in Facebook jail. And what Facebook jail is, is they say you're, you've posted things that are just not appropriate, so much so you cannot post for two weeks. And so they, they told me I was in Facebook jail, but I found that if I pled guilty to posting these things inappropriately, in other words, that these were inappropriate posts, and deleted them, then they restored me to grace, and and so that's what happened, right? So if you're and self, then, if you, so if you're self-incriminating, which actually you did nothing wrong, and Dave, you and I would actually right. believe in our First Amendment rights, but apparently most Americans now are just throwing those out the window. Oh yes, we must uh, not say these things. I mean, this is crazy that more. I would think every American, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, or Christian or not, that you would be fighting for free speech and, and being allowed to say uh, what you believe is the correct thing. Anyway, we got the thought police out there in full force. Go ahead. Yeah, and and um, and they even got me to be the censor because I, I would lead this political discussion group they would send me a note saying, well, you had two people posted things that were inappropriate for, for Facebook, and we may, uh, you know, your group won't appear on people's feed if, if these sort of things are out there. So I end up deleting, you know, people's posts uh, being coerced by Facebook. And then a month ago, my Facebook account was deactivated. And they just said, you have violated our terms of service. Okay. Uh, so, do you so disagree or agree with it? So going back, okay, so you've been removed. I, I, I didn't want to touch on that necessarily. But just going back, that they're flagging people that are in a discussion group with you. So this is what we need to understand here. In America, because of Facebook, and this is coming out other ways too, you're only allowed to say certain things, you're no longer allowed to just have a natural, open discussion where you just get to voice your opinion. By the way, truth comes to the top when you debate things, but we're no longer allowed to have healthy dialogue. Is this creepy or what? Oh, I know. By, by the way, I was reinstated in, in, in Facebook a couple weeks later, and I, and I did find it was connected to a conservative discussion group, which I which I led, and apparently they didn't like something going on there. Yeah, it used to be we could just all freely talk, and now uh, we really have to kind of, you know, watch ourselves. Well, Dave, what about next time you're thrown in Facebook jail? Are you going to confess your sins because you have been thinking the wrong way, according to them, whoever they are? Are you going to confess right, right, your right. sins? It, 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 you are an evil person. Are you going to admit it, Dave? Yes, I was evil for saying what I really believed. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, some of these, actually, what I've been doing recently is, is if I post something controversial, which I will, 
I will leave it there for a while, but then I'll delete it because people have seen the post. So it doesn't need to remain there. And then Facebook, they, they snoop around from posts you posted months ago. So it's kind of a strategy, but a lot of people are now moving away from Facebook and talking more on Telegram, which is a very more free venue, at least for now, and uh, finding other things. So we need to keep, but the problem is uh, some of these other venues, they don't have everyone in them. So you're not getting the word out as much and it becomes kind of uh, just the, the uh, awake talking to the awake. Okay, so moving on here, there's other reasons why that um, the door is opening more and more for Marxism to flourish. And kind of, it's kind of related to what we just talked about, which is censorship, but it is different in some aspects, and that is surveillance. We're living more and more in a surveillance society, a surveillance culture. And of course, Edward Snowden was the one, the whistleblower that really brought this out, but it's so obvious now. Um, it was like revelations in 2013 when he came out with it. Ah, shocking. And now it's like, well, yeah, that's, oh, we know that. that's yeah, we've, we've, we're living in it. And it's almost like we're moving on. Like, I, I, how can we move on when, when uh, we do have such an unbelievable level of big brother? And so, Dave, what do you what do you think uh, in light of this, wh where we've opened the door related to surveillance, which basically the government is getting approval to watch us constantly? All right. And again, it took that crisis of 9-11 to uh, give them the excuse to do that. And so other people out of fear were like, well, yeah, I guess we need the Patriot Act and and we and we give them permission to do these these things. But the thing is, now it's not as harmful as it could be. In other words, okay, if you have de somewhat decent people in power, this is not going to affect us too much. But what if really bad people get in power and they use these things against us? It's, a, it's like in Cuba, uh, I believe it was Batista actually enacted gun registration, but then when Fidel Castro came in power, he, he was able to use that to take away all the guns. Right. And uh, an unarmed society will be a subservient society. It just never goes well when, the, when again, we're giving up freedoms. Um, hoping yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a separate, that's a separate issue. But my point was that uh, you, can, you can enact something now and it seems okay. But then when the wrong people come in power and they use that, that surveillance and that power against citizens, then we can really uh, get in trouble. Well... Not to shy away from inflammatory topics, let's take that principle and let's circle back on the vaccine. Like, let's suppose, I do not believe this is the case, but let's suppose this vaccine is 100% healthy. Now, again, I, I can't take the time to get into this, but I believe the side effects have been off the charts. Everything that's been recorded on that, I, I'm surprised we're still vac vaccinating people. However, okay, Let's suppose it's 100% good. There's no way that you should ever allow the government to be mandating, requiring, but what I'm saying is actually coercion. There's no way you should ever allow your government to do something like that because if they can do that, then they'll be able to do just about anything to you. I mean, there'll be no rights left. And so uh, when, you, you know, when we look at this, going back to your principle you're bringing up, I don't believe this to be the case, but let's say it is okay that they're, uh, that the vaccine is truly as effective and safe as they claim that it is. Well, the next go around, 
The wrong people are in charge. They could put anything in your body. We should, uh, every vaccinated person right now should be standing up for the unvaccinated, in my opinion, because if we go down the path the other way, we will be in um, an environment that I just, I mean, it leaves me speechless in terms of, of, of the kind of control and power that will be in the government's hands. Yeah, I, I've heard of a small number of vaccinated people who have stood for the unvaccinated, but that's a very small number. So do you want to um, say anything more about the media? Because that would be another part of the atmosphere we're living in that it seems, uh, although we briefly just touched on it here a few minutes ago, it seems like actually the media has now been weaponized. Oh, yeah, the, the media has an obvious agenda. I mean, we, we watch, uh, for example, NBC News on, on YouTube, so we can watch it uh, most nights just to see what the uh, official story of things are. And every single night, they talk about the unvaccinated and how go to planmyvaccine.com and they keep pushing, pushing, pushing. So you can see this agenda. And and the other thing I've noticed well, over many years, actually, is that the various mainline news outlets are in lockstep. They're covering the same stories, saying the same things, pushing the same agenda. A little deviation by Fox, but pretty much um, they're, they're walking in lockstep. Yeah, and I, Dave, I didn't think that Americans followed mainstream media so much. Um, but after this COVID thing, I would say, and it probably was generated again out of fear, this wild hysteria that the media helped to produce. But uh, I think actually most Americans do follow the mainstream media because you don't think like this if you, unless you've been uh, uh, drinking that Kool-Aid. And, and, and you're right, it, 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 it's like they're saying the same thing and they are relentless about it. Actually, they've been so aggressive about this. I know for many Americans, it's caused them to be more suspicious about what's going on because they're so over the top on you must get a vaccine for a virus that has a 99.7 recovery rate. And, I, and one of the things that even just made me like incredibly suspicious was now they wanted to go for five to 12 year olds, you know? Well, if you look at the yeah, death rate, if you look at the death rate in that group, even, even really you would say infant all the way up to 20 or so, I mean, there is just about no credible scientific reason based on the data, anything that you would vaccinate anybody in that age group. However, I do need to throw in one uh, footnote on that um, disclaimer on that is that, yes, some young people do have comorbidities. They, in other words, pre-existing health conditions, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, then there are some different measures we would want to take. We'd want to uh, uh, look at this a, a second time and, and, you know, what can we do there? Even, you know, with social distancing and other things. But I'm saying for the vast majority of people in public schools, um, they don't need the, the vaccine. They don't really need to social distance or anything because almost nobody's dying. And so why do we keep pushing this so hard? It actually, again, caused me to be even more suspicious. Yeah. And, and then these children are growing up in this, in this sort of state of control. And it's, almost, it's also a bit of programming where they just think this is normal. Right. And I would think of, uh, yeah, like we're being conditioned for whatever. It's like, right. don't condition me. Like I need to be a thinking person and I need to evaluate the science and data for myself. Okay. So Dave, again, with all of this said, uh, we just need to conclude today with talking a bit about responding in faith. So uh, again, I want to encourage people to go to the, to the last podcast where we spent uh, significant time on the front end unpacking things biblically, just touched on that today. 
and at the end, we uh, we did talk about responding in faith. But but Dave, what else can we do here, looking at this whole situation with uh, what I believe again is the fourth beast coming more and more into view and uh, clarity of view? Um, well, how do we respond in faith as Christians? I think uh, we need to we need to apply Ephesians chapter six and put, have our spiritual armor on and be alert and be uh, in tune with God and uh, and have be listening to God as as to what to be doing and to be into the word and be and, and stand strong and, and we just need to stand I, I think I think just to stand will be a challenge in the coming times because things are going to get uh, very difficult in the future I don't know exactly when but challenges are coming and we need to be ready well I think you alluded to one of the key ones that should give or uh, uh, yeah arrest all of us and that is we could literally be going into the days when, uh, where the Bible talks about that you won't be able to buy or sell. Now that, to me, looks like huge um, a coercion then at that point that'll come from a totalitarian government that had grew out of the seeds of this kind of Marxism, and that at that point, like, will you cave into the Antichrist, renounce your faith? Uh, will you cave in? In other words, what you're saying, not have your armor on, not standing firm, and then will you take that mark of the beast? And so, yeah, I think we need to be aware. And then, and then with the armor, one thing I really like about the armor that you're describing there in Ephesians 6 is that we uh, are not weak. Once you put that armor on, you are a force to be reckoned with. And I don't care if it's still a few years away when the Antichrist takes center stage or the Antichrist is taking the center stage, uh, when you stand in the armor of God, you are strong, you're radiant with the light of Christ, which dispels darkness and evil, and you speak the truth to take down the father of lies, and you have a shield of faith up. It says, uh, that it says it extinguishes the flaming arrows from the enemy, which is going to be this fourth beast, and I would say even is the current beast emerging, that that there, those flaming arrows coming from the enemy, um, it's they're going to fall to the ground harmless because of our shield of faith. We're walking not just in faith, but we're also being full of faith. And so it, this is about our protection. It's understanding that we're not going to be surprised about what is coming next. Right. Thank you again for joining us on Insights. I look forward to being with you next time.